Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. And here we gather without any massive lapses. It's been a week. Yeah, We're so we right better hustle it. and get this up there yeah. so that yeah. we haven't lapsed too I'm just going to say right at the front end, usually I try to put my phone on airplane mode or something because calls and texts. It's just like because we want to be really professional. Everything. We yeah. want to be because pro, of our professional ways. We try but, to not take calls in the middle of the but podcast. But today I'm not going to because I have a son working somewhere who doesn't have a phone and he has to borrow somebody's to call me and I don't want him stranded in the countryside. So, anyway, yourselves. We're going to do other... We may be spliced up to the, in multiple recordings here. Who, who knows? Um, anyway... It's October. It's blowing like a crazy thing yeah, outside. Yeah, because we're up on top of my hill where the blowing gets going. Where the clouds <laughs> are just streaking across you, the I'll sky. I'll tell you that we had one night up here where it was a genuine, like, windstorm uh-huh. happening. Yeah. And that was a pretty restless night. I will, I was like, wow. <laughs> Not because it was, it wasn't, like, scary or anything. It was just Rowdy. so loud. I'm impressed, actually, because you have new windows and see my it's not it wasn't that I a big part of it the wind you could hear a lot of the wind that's true but I just mean but like, you also oh we have a visitor what no you gotta go are you too cold Yeah. well you should get a bigger coat on get your green coat um anyway the thing is is my wood windows are wood and they rattle like yeah, so mine weren't doing that. They're just like my my bedroom window right now is just making a lot of a clatter. There are our, <laughs> our um, kitchen exhaust, the hood exhaust. Oh yeah, has we're gonna need to do some intervention around that. I don't know what's happening. The way that it is, it is in the exhaust pipe. There's like a, I mean it's like you a just flu. Hear it. Yeah, it's like a flu that. I imagine opens when necessary, except for in high winds. It was essentially like if we had hired someone to come bang pots and pans in the kitchen all night. (laughs) And our bedroom is right above the kitchen, so it was noticeable that there was a lot of activity in the kitchen. And in other windy days, like in the daytime when you're in there, it does kind of feel like... There was one time that I went to check, like, is wildlife moving into the... To the hood, like, are there? Is there a family of you know raccoons? What, I have in to there? tell you that that there wasn't, happened. There wasn't. No, we raccoons. did have it happen one time. It was in our previous house, and it happened on New Year's Day when we all had the flu. Like Ben had the flu, I had the flu, the children had the flu. It was New Year's. It was. It was outrageous, and we still don't know if it was a bird or a squirrel. But somehow it had made its way all the way through the ductwork from the outside, all the way down the ductwork, and then fell down the chute into the hood. Because you could hear it right above the stove, like fluttering around or banging around. We don't know. Do I like, need to answer yes. a question? Hi. Hi. You guys don't have a ladder we could use here, do you? Um, yeah, I think yeah. we do. How big do you need? Uh, not super big. Like six okay. Yeah, I'll, I think I know where there is one. Awesome. Well, guys, 
Rachel's been called away by her sheetrock mother, so I'm just going to go ahead and pause this thought, and we'll resume in a minute. She's back, guys, and let it be known that so far, all the interruptions have been Rachel's. Okay. <laughs> I, I want to say that I myself was interrupted this morning making my first ever batch of English muffins because it's a teacher work day. Yeah. So the kids were home today. And I thought, why not? I never do those because they take... Every time I look at the recipe, I'm like, that's like 12 hours of standing at a griddle. Yeah. To make enough of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when it's like seven to eight minutes per side, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what are we talking That's not it. I know. That doesn't work. But I made them this morning, and, and the kids love them. But also, I was still in my pajamas doing that when the mutters, <laughs> the guys that came to touch up some <laughs> mudding concerns in the yeah. house came, which is not my favorite time to receive visitors. No. But now they no. have saran wrapped off all of the staircase, which is oh. awkward on a day when all the kids are at home. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but I have to finish telling you this because... Yeah, sorry. Sorry. So the animal... Whatever it was, a badger perhaps, <laughs> fell down into our kitchen hood. And so we could oh. hear it. And there was like no way of getting to it without going up into the attic and like belly crawling around and dis- disassembling the entire ductwork, which Ben had to do with the flute. So he's like ill with the queasies. And the only flashlight that we, <laughs> that we could find. <laughs> it, was, it was one of the this kids. is before cell phone yeah. before. and it was it was a little it was plastic like the happy hippo, hippo. <laughs> where you push this button and its mouth opens and then light shines and it out it makes like a hippo noise <laughs> yeah it was one of the kids and so Ben's like he's <laughs> like army crawling with the flu in the attic with a hippo flashlight and he has to I take could apart not be better than that no take apart the entire dang thing all the way like out to the it was a long stretch of ductwork and he gets it all disassembled and the thing is still down in the hood and still wouldn't come out so then he I think we had to like lower a rope down into it to see if it to was try something to fish that could out climb <laughs> I don't know. And then all of a sudden, it was gone. And we don't know what it was, where it went, what it did after that time. It was just... But then we have like a dismembered duct in the attic. But at least you have a happy hippo flashlight to keep you company. And it was on New Year's Day. So you're already sick on a holiday. And then you add that on top of it. It was... Oh, that's really good. Anyway. Was that the year... We had one year where everybody got the stomach bug before Christmas? It was that year because... That year because you're still going it. But I wasn't... I had morning sickness so bad that I had an IV on Christmas Day. Like the hospital... That That year. And... And it was like, I was crazy morning sick. And then we don't know if I had the flu on top of it because it's impossible to know when you're that morning sick. I think we had. And I, then dad was sick. Was that year yeah, it because was. Because you had an IV on Harrison Street. That. Oh. No, we you're right. We sick Christmases of all yeah, time. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you're right. Cause because that was. That, we did. Mm, I will it was say, a different year. It was flu, a different New Year's There was Year's one sickness. flu you year. Have another, you have of, another child here. The eve of Christmas Eve, Luke and I passed each other in the hall carrying buckets of vomit. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. I don't think there's one of this. Do you have the remote? Yeah, but she's not coming in. Where is she? Down there. Okay, go see if you can... You need to beep the button on the collar. So oh, yeah. just okay. re- go go somewhere she'll want to come with you. See if you can get her to go. 
Nothing like a day at the park at our house. No. This is why we often feel like we really should go behind Goodwill, where the only people to disrupt us Mm -hmm. are cops. But in this case, it'd be (laughs) weird to leave my kids home with the mudders. So, you know. I know. Anyways. Anyways. All that to say. Yeah. Yeah, Different Christmases, we've been sick differently. Yeah, we've done different kinds of special. We've done it all. Anyway. On Christmases. Um, Yeah. So, I'm in the midst of having to plan the menu for the Reformation Banquet, which is next Friday. So, now we're down to one week from today. And I just... It, I don't know. It's like I'm having a... I made a chorizo stuffed pork loin last night to test it out to see if I liked it. And it's very hard to know if I liked it. I didn't particularly. It was really good. I mean, it was really good. I say after I'm like, I didn't like it at all. It was really good. I don't know. I just... I thought of them like grills a pork I know. loin with apples in Yeah, but I it. can't grill for three, you no, know, No, 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 I know, many. but I meant apples Another one, it. guys, another one. Whatever, it's the well, day. So, we, Derby's collar's out of battery. We got her to come, but the beeper won't work. It won't even turn on? Well, her collar, it beeps, but when you try to... If her collar beeps, it. then she'll obey you, I think. No, but then if you try to use the remote to beep her, it doesn't work. It doesn't do anything. Where's the remote? With Lena. Okay, we'll bring her back up and put her in the house. Maybe take the leash if you oh, need yeah. it. Huh. This is the this is the chicken killer. Yeah. We can't have the chicken killer no. in an unbeepable situation. No. She needs to have the power of the beep Indeed. in her life. Indeed. So sorry for all the anyway, interludes. All I'm saying is I've been working on this pork loin question like do I want to make a bourbon butter glazed chorizo stuffed pork loin I you know you make it and then you eat it and you're kind of like blah but if somebody else made it's it actually, you ate it it's maybe you would like it. It's actually a rule of thumb though that whatever you make you'll feel blah about. Yeah. You can't know. Yeah. When you feed a big group by the time you get to eating it you don't like it anymore. I'll tell you though what's really good. I roasted it with um I chopped Carrots, parsnips, sweet potato, and apple, and red onion. Yeah. And roasted it with the pork. And that is a really yum, very fall kind of combo. Yeah. For roasted veg. Throwing Granny Smith apples in there. That sounds like a good idea. It was really good. Yeah. I... I approved of that, <clears throat> but the the pork is itself you, a question. You did what? <clears throat> approved. You can't make fun. I'm still coughing. I approved of that. I'm still hacking away, but not as bad as last week, you guys. No, not success. as bad. Success is being had. Yeah. Anyhow, so I, but the problem. What I'm trying to tell you is, I was doing this big sample run of all these recipes. So I'm trying out a chocolate terrine last night and a chorizo stuffed pork loin and the roasted veg and a different you know a salad recipe but Ben's out of town Knox well he's just crazy busy and working so he wasn't going to be there for dinner anyway then my two college girls had to go to a meeting and then my high school girl had to go to a class thing so it was Judah and me with a large <laughs> chorizo stuffed pork loin and roasted veg and salad and a chocolate tureen. And I bet, actually... I bet Judah liked that. We had a good time because we sat did. down and I'm like, Judah, tell me about it. What are your thoughts? And he's uh, he's actually quite good at articulating his feelings about the food. So it was, it was good. He was kind of like, well, I actually think the chorizo 
is fine, but I think a different sausage would be better in here. Like he was, oh, he was quite, yeah, yeah, he was good. Good. Well, anyway, anyway, that's what I've been up to, and I still don't know what I'm going to do about the pork loin, and I don't really care. That's the that's the problem I'm facing. Heart of darkness, right yeah, there, is, is when that, you just can't care anymore. And I think I told you this yesterday, but when you've done something like this a couple of times, I feel like there's not enough adrenaline to no, motivate you. But you. Becca, it's. I think we should let the record show that Becca is actually an adrenaline junkie. <laughs> She, I am not. You are too. In I terms of yes, it is. It is typically adrenaline is how you motivate. Well, I hate to say that you might be onto something. <laughs> no, Becca does. I'm just saying that it is more of a like some people get the rush of joy and pleasure through overly preparedness. Yeah. So some people are yeah. like, nothing is as pleasurable to them as having packed just what was needed in the cooler. Like that, that moment is the moment where they're like, Here's the this, problem though, Rachel. This is Here's it. the problem is in my head. I, I am that person in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am, I don't think I'm either person. I don't think I've ever prepared a cooler very well. No, or... you know my feelings about built-ins. Like, I like to feel like I have prepared. Right, you want to have the exact every... yes. spot yes. for my potatoes. Like, if Becca could pack her own, you know, like those little ketchup pouches? If she could pack her <laughs> own version of that with a cute label, there would be so many things packed. Reach. Oh my goodness. I'm just having a memory of a really rogue craft that I did one time. I think we were doing the podcast when you did this. With no. Carmex bottles? Yeah, you podcasted that. No, that was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> my no, point, this is, my Rach, point no. is simply no. that Becca's skill set is is running uh, on adrenaline. What to you're do saying the is things. my skill sets lie in extremes and not in the middle path of moderation. <laughs> the pro- the thing is is that no, the kids were really little and we would go down to Boise to visit Ben's mom and I would pack everybody's stuff in the most meticulous ridiculous way you've ever heard about. So I my favorite Actually, this is a good tip now that I think about it. It's not how I pack anymore. I don't know. Maybe I just had more time or something. But I would I would pack each kid's outfit for every day, plus extras, plus if you had to go out for dinner or, you know, whatever. But I would pack all of it into a bundle, wrap it in blue painter's tape. So it was like taped together in a bundle and Sharpie on the top, Knox Tuesday, Knox Wednesday, Knox Thursday, you know, and it had socks and it had whatever. And then I wasn't exactly in a ketchup pouch, but it could have, but it was, it was in the thick of that when I was packing in that way that, you know, those shows where people have like a go bag where everything they need with their foreign currency and fake passport. And I don't know what else is like just ready ready to grab and go. I had this idea that that would be a good idea for all the toiletries that we might need on yeah, the trip yeah, to Boise. Yeah. But I was sewing it in red canvas, I think. Like one of the kinds that would roll up and then you could unroll it and with that little hanger on top. But I had acquired every single little 
travel size thing that you might ever want. And then I like including the small bottle of Advil and the small hand lotion and the small wet wipes and the small Q-tips and whatever else. And I was sewing like individual custom sized gusseted pockets out of clear plastic inside this thing so that mm-hmm. you could tuck it well, in. Well, let's just be real because with, priorities. With Because the Rach, things that really give with joy flaps, are not. With snaps. Yeah. Western snaps. Things that really give us joy are it. not <clears throat> often the things that are really the most strategic. But I didn't ever finish that as I recall. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say though this is this is the thing, and and this is random. But when my kids were little, I when when my oldest kids were little, and yeah. it was an unmanageably large group of toddlers. Yeah, like really, like wow, yeah. how will we then live with yeah. this situation? <laughs> and I remember it making an enormous difference in our day if the kids' clothes were ready for the day yeah. early, like yeah. if they could, because it would involve me needing to locate all the component parts, you know? Yeah. And so I made things that hung on the wall in the hall that had each kid's name on them and a pouch underneath it that I would put their clothes for the day in so Mm -hmm. that when they got Mm -hmm. up, Mm -hmm. they could grab their clothes and put them on. So you have no high horse to sneer at me from. Yeah, and I feel like it had like, (laughs) like it said something on top. Of it, but it was at the same time that I hung a clock. I bought a cheap clock, yeah, somewhere, probably Walmart. Popped the top off of it and took the minute hand off of it. I don't remember if I cut it or just took it off. You can whatever, yeah. But, and then I put a new background mm-hmm. under the numbers where I blocked out rest time and when lunches oh, and yeah. when snack time is because I would then they would say, "Can we have something to eat?" And I'd say, "Go look at the clock and see if it's snack time yet." And I it, remember and it this turned vaguely. out that it was a good way of deferring <laughs> the all-day snackathon. And also, I would do that with I I would give them like milk at a snack time, or or maybe I didn't give them milk. Maybe I would only give them water because this is a real practical thing to share with you all right now. But a lot of people, milk is good for kids, but you can also snack and milk them out of meals. Like, if I was drinking whole milk and eating a bunch of goldfish yeah. at four, yeah. I don't know that I'd be ready to lay into dinner with an appetite. It's true. And if you want them to actually eat with the family, yeah. you probably shouldn't be plying them with Fig Newtons all day <laughs> or whatever it is. So, I would try to make it where I put their snack. I would give them a... Oh, no, it was a Dixie cup. I got Dixie cups because I would give them a Dixie cup full of milk and the snack. And I was like, this is your whole snack until right. dinner. Yeah. And that really was better than a run-on milk sentence all day. Yeah. Which turns out you can do. Yeah. When you blinded can. by how many children there are <laughs> asking for things, you can start topping off huge sippy cups of whole milk like yeah. all the time. It's and valid. so I, you know, laid off of that. Yeah. All but, I'm saying though, Rach, is that I feel like you with your custom outfit dispensers and 
me with I my custom we run toilet in, we tray run dispensers. in different lines but we have we overlap we overlap, we overlap. And, and the thing is like part but of not, me but not part of me wants, i like to maintain the moral high ground yeah you like over to you're doing ridiculous things yeah but you, you say that i liked it just you actually have no moral high ground the i just need to get this out on the table that i want to have it i'm just saying that there's there's a side of me that yes runs on the adrenaline and the other side of me that wants to never have adrenaline but have a perfectly packed toiletry bag <laughs> just ready just right there for whenever you want to go a little bit of both okay yeah. i have to say now we've talked about boring things we should we merge have. into napkins and tin cans just to kind of <laughs> just to bring everyone up to speed on our oh, life oh i could regale you with why i think the chorizo wasn't quite right that's all right okay here's the question that i said we were going to talk about and i think it's a really good question so that's why okay I, and I have to say that first I'm going to want to, I'm going to read part of this. Someone wants to hear about our thoughts on introversion. Okay. Uh, I used to be quite comfortable labeling myself an introvert, but in recent years I've grown increasingly uncomfortable about how popular it is and how it's framed as an unchangeable facet of self while all descriptions end up sounding really selfish. Uh, and the idea of basically is it an okay thing to just be like, this is how I am, you know, like th- right. that's how it is. And then she said, uh, you see lists of these things, but not lists that are fleshed out biblically about how you should go forth, okay. whatever. Um, it's so she's saying practically Then this part I think is an, is the part that Anyways, uh, y'all always sound like you're just going nonstop, pouring yourselves out and then pouring some more, and like the widow's flask never running dry. I like to just say, (laughs) I don't know that, I think we would say what we sound like is probably apparently missing. I would just refer everyone back to the recording of you and Luke in the parking lot. Yeah, exactly. I would do that for sure. Uh, It's, I liked somebody's comment about that, that they were like, this is a great, what quote, from um, Yuhu that's been around is that faithfulness does not feel like what it's accomplishing. Yeah. Someone was like, apparently it doesn't sound like it either. <laughs> yep. What do you think we should make for <laughs> We're having a whole pastel of people tomorrow. I don't know. What do you want to do? Um, okay, let's see. It's very inspiring, and I can see the biblical reasoning there. The thing is, when I go nonstop, I literally burn out. Sometimes I get migraines that last a week, which is not a sin issue, and sometimes it is a sin issue, like getting crabby and irritable with my family. I find it easier. This is a, Okay, so this part I think is interesting. I find it easier not to sin when I keep a slower pace. Also, it does no one any good for me to get migraines. So I guess I'm asking, how do you pour yourself out without falling into sin and not using introversion as an excuse, etc.? But when it's grumpiness, I always think I ought to be able to do all the things without getting grumpy, and yet I do get grumpy, which is very Romans 7, isn't it? I... Isn't it 7? The things I I do... The things I don't want to do, I do. And the things that... Yeah, that... um, So then maybe I think... I'd best pull back from doing so much, etc., uh, etc. Et I like this part. If your right arm offends you, cast it off. So if my overmuch busyness is offending me, cast off the busyness. Except for I would say, cast off, amputate the grumpy attitude first. Um, anyway, well, except for that it doesn't say just... Be busy. No, no, I mean the verse doesn't say, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut off the sin. It says, cut off your hand. 
you know. Well, so, right, but it's but it's saying cut off the thing close to you, which is the grumpiness, not the schedule. Sure, but I mean, yeah. in that verse, it's actually saying cut off the thing that causes you to sin. But no, think, it's not because if what causes your right hand, if your hand causes you to sin, you cut your hand off. It, it doesn't say, yeah, we'll just stop sinning. But the point of that whole verse is your hand doesn't cause you to sin, does it? It's your heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, so I think that that's kind of the exactly. So, okay, then and then this this is a long message, but I, I think a lot of the question is interesting, like it, it's good context for what I think we should talk about. So, okay, um, basically. I don't like the typical advice given to introverts. No. In a homeschool mom's Facebook group I'm in, I saw a question that sums up my concerns. I'm feeling really overwhelmed with all the get-togethers, family things, parties, field trips, neighbors, kids. I feel like I need to give and give and do and do, and then I come home and I'm tired and grouchy, and I don't feel like I'm able to live the life that I want. I cannot seem to get anything done. I feel like I require... You know, is this the same question is, or different This is question? somebody... She's talking about this is a okay. question that was asked to a group, a homeschool oh, group, okay. and then everyone says all the comments are girl yes you need to recharge set boundaries and be your best beautiful introvert self and bubble bath time and it's not sinful or selfish to take care of your mental health and you have to do boundaries and push people out of your life can I just I had a year of saying no and it was lovely or God promises us an abundant life I forfeit that abundance when I am too busy Um, so basically all of these is kind of saying woe way back till you're just having a quiet um, you know what I mean? Like, whatever. And then she says, in the homeschool community, especially Charlotte Mason-esque corners, there's a lot of emphasis on quiet, gentle days at home. Virtually no extracurriculars, minimal doing anything besides habit training at school. This appeals to me on many levels. It sounds simpler than your way of running so hard you fall asleep half-hanging off the bed with mud on your pants. But I'm continually challenged by your podcast in the way you seem to just do all kinds of things. Do all kinds of activities for your kids, sports, etc. And generally not doing the Charlotte Mason sit in the yard and do nature watercolors life (laughs) I have previously (laughs) found so appealing. This whole death by living thing intrigues and alarms me. I hear what you're saying, but it sounds completely exhausting to me. So as an introvert, not that I should actually put myself in that box, what does this death by living look like? What advice would you give the woman in my Facebook group, et cetera, et cetera. So okay. what, this is what I'm trying to say is I think it is a well-rounded big question. Sure. Yeah. And I'll just, I have a couple things. One of them is I guarantee you if I was to take a little are you an introvert test, I totally am. Like, I am very sure I would score on that subject, but I don't. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. take the test. But mostly because I'm terribly bored by the fascination with plunging around in your own personality. I just feel like that, what good does that do anyone? Um, But I'm very sure. But let's be real, we just had a big talk about our own personality. Yeah, but not in that, like, I need a label and I need to, you know. Anyway. But I'm very... You got a label. Adrenaline junkie. Adrenaline junkie introvert, maybe. No, I think, like, you know all those little things that people post about, are you, would you rather stay home or would you rather go out to the party that everyone... I I, I would pick stay home every single time. I think that I probably uh, used to be an extrovert and, but on anything like that, I would be like... But bless me of course I want to stay home and read a book rather than 
Yeah. Anyway, all I'm saying is I don't think that, um, obviously who you are and what your strengths and gifts are and everything ought to play into how you live. I think you should cut with the grain of yourself, but I also think that there's a lot of excuse making, but that's all contained in the question itself. Yeah, but one thing that I would say about this is that there have been really radically different phases of life for me. And when your kids are all really little, I was really just at home. We were not doing lots of hospitality because the work of just having a bunch of little kids at home was intense enough to last a lifetime. At that time, I probably... Rarely, but more often than I do now, went out with friends to like get a coffee or like have it like in the evening, get out of the house and mm-hmm. do something else than, right. than the little ecosystem at home that was intense. Um, that was a time when taking my children to school, like the work of loading babies up into the car to mm-hmm. drive a kid somewhere, almost killed me. And we bowed out of things that seemed like an... This oh, yeah. seemed like the, um, there, there were activities where I would be like, this is not worth the no. effort. Like this is not worth our effort. And a lot of that, it's always told our always kids, always triage. Always. always. Yeah. So in those times of life, we were not putting our kids in all the sports. Like actually no. what happened for us was we, we pretty selectively sport with our kids until they are old enough to be on the, like when it's the junior high school team, we said you can, we'll let you do it. Well, the bulk of our kids now are in junior high and high school sports. So, so now is the reckoning for all the time when we said not now, you know, like, but, but my point is, is that there was a lot of time when we had nothing going in the evenings, we were not inviting lots of people into our house. We were not like, that was a different phase of life. And that even though the phase has changed and now we do a lot more hospitality and we do a lot more, like things have changed the sports and hospitality and whatever. Uh, one thing that hasn't changed is that we've always paced ourselves because the thing that you have to recognize is you can't actually run full speed indefinitely. No. So there are different ways of having a run. Some of them is intervals where you sprint and then you actually rest for a while and then you sprint and then you rest well, for a while. I, I, the other thing I identify with sort of in that question is I do feel like I, I can crash hard after Becca does actually I, I so I feel we like we call it Becca's blue screen of death mode <laughs> but what I was gonna say is that Becca does the you do the intervals which yeah. is the sprint sprint crash, crash sprint, sprint crash, crash. Sprint, that is crash. that is what Becca that's does that's the story of my life and I would say that I don't probably crash as much but I do many crashes many being like the day after a big push is something that I'm actively working on how to approach that day in a way that it is still productive Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and you're turning it around because if there's not something happening right after it, it's very hard to get the, well, the adrenaline to care. You're like, okay, I made it through that. And now I'm like, you know? And so 
like, like what I will do is just be like, so the Monday morning or the whenever, when there's a lot of stuff to mop up, I just, it's very basic, low key, sort of like, just keep moving, keep working Mm -hmm. on, you know, like just, I don't, I'm not being wildly productive all the time. And I, and the reason I was bringing up the, um, the reason that I, who are they missing? They've got one on their back. Moses is being piggybacked. Oh, thanks for... I was like, we're short a kid. <laughs> um, so, my kids are walking up the... Walking up the farm Hill across on, the yeah. street. So, anyways, the, the thing that I was going to say is... The different styles of running are... Should be determined by calling and body yeah. type and how, like... And, and so, when my kids were really little, that was a marathon... That was mm-hmm. a different kind of thing. And and saying no to activities or, like, having people over all the time, we were not very social. I opt out of play dates oh, most yeah. all the time. I would There was a phase where I would meet friends at the park. Like, I would walk my kids to mm-hmm. the park and the kids would play there um, for a while. But we didn't ever prioritize play dates. We were, we no. were very... But I, I think, too, though, in the question about, like, the sort of idealized... Um, quiet time at home. Yeah. That could also easily be provoking, I would think, because it's very hard to achieve that. And if that's your ideal, then um, at least I could picture myself being endlessly frustrated that I couldn't have that perfect watercolor moment all the time. Like, occasionally... I actually think it's like... It's like a different version of being health obsessed where you're yeah. always doing toxin purges and mm-hmm. and constantly like where you're just not thinking of your life as a tool sort of like right. that. And I the older my kids have gotten, I think God naturally brings you through different phases where you see different things because of how life unfolds. And I know I remember a phase where we really became way more aware of our own mortality and how fast it was all going. Like where it no longer felt like we're going to be in this phase for a lifetime. You know, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you see how fleeting mm-hmm. it is. And that that changed our approach to a lot of things. Yeah. But it was because we had popped out the other side of a very intense all baby yeah. phase. So, I guess the thing I'm trying to say is I don't think it's, I don't think we're supposed to be doing one thing. I think we're all supposed to be running faithfully yep. and that it has to be really responsive to your duties, which is, you know, your children, your husband, your family, and your abilities, which is your, your natural inclinations and, um, whatever. And then, and then through all of that, God is still such a wonderful coach to us to convict us of things along the way where, where you see the things that need to be mortified, but you won't see them through imitating a friend who has a different, a totally different. But I think though, too, like just asking yourself, maybe the bigger questions of what is the purpose of all of this? Because like, honestly, what is the chief end of man is not to have a pleasant time and enjoy ourselves forever. Yeah. And I've been seeing to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And Mm -hmm. so I think that, um, there, there should always be an outward focus, 
not a what can I do to make my own self feel yeah, comfy. Yeah, like what's, what's my happiest habitat is not yep. really our question. It's yep. what's the most glorious, what's the most glorious exporting I could be doing here. Right. And I guess I would say, though, that um, a lot of the stuff, like, I think it makes total sense to be trying to, like, I've said on the podcast before, I would try to time myself to be, like, two somewhere. I try to sit down and put my feet up before mm-hmm. this rush is coming because I know how hard it is for me to handle. Mm-hmm. If I do this whole sprint all day while the kids are gone and then I go pick them up and I all of a sudden, because I've been in the car, I'm so tired. And then they're all there and right. it's like the noise level is way up and the mess level is way up and I am frazzled. Mm-hmm. And it's actually way better for me to like take a minute, get a grip, think about what yeah. you know, like. And I think if you can, if you can figure out hacks for yourself, do like it. that to maximize. Do your... it, but it doesn't. But it doesn't end up being. I guess the thing I was trying to say is, me picking the kids up when I'm tired does in no way excuse me being short and grumpy with with the kids, but me knowing how to prepare my heart so that I won't be short Mm -hmm. and grumpy with the Mm -hmm. kids is like, by all means do that. And I do think like, but if it was to be ungodly is how you think you can prepare your heart, then it's not one of your choices. And I think that people understand when we look at like athletics or something, people understand that when you are wanting to run a marathon, you have to train for it. You have to like Mm -hmm. pick goals and you have to, be strategic and figure out how you're going to do it. And I think similarly in the Christian life, if we know we're supposed to be running a race and we know that that's what we're supposed to be doing, then you should be strategic in how you're training for it. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't just well, you decide, sh- you should also, I'm not going to race. I'm going to sit right, on the side. Right. And you should also trust God that he actually does the work that makes you more capable. Because if you are trying to glorify him, if you are oriented towards that and you're trying to be obedient, that's that Psalm that I love so much in Psalm 119. Uh, I will run after your commands for you will enlarge my heart. And that, that process. And I love that that it has become something of a life verse I think for me is that in those moments where I feel horribly stretched or mm-hmm. horrified by the how much has to get done or how much mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not getting done or whatever those moments that we all know that feeling of like I am totally overwhelmed by this and in those moments I have tried to train myself to think of it as it's okay God is just enlarging your heart. Like this is a moment where you say, thank you, Lord, that as I run after these commands, I know you will do the work of making my heart big enough to handle this. And, and he does, he He keeps doing it. And it is similar to like, if you know, somebody's trying to increase what their max bench press is, there's all sorts of ways that people work on that so that they can increase. Mm -hmm. Now you can't just indefinitely increase your max. At some point you're going to actually reach the max. Yeah. And you can't keep doing it without breaking, you know? And And so there's no point doing that. And it's important to recognize what is the, the running is not being busy. It's glorifying God. So like is as mothers of five and seven children, we don't get to opt out of busyness. No. Like, we could not... I could not 
I will just speak for myself. I Becca probably would be okay if she didn't do anything, but for me, <laughs> I can't. I could not say, Lord, you've given me seven children, and you've given me this house, and you've given me this calling, and also to glorify you best, I'm going to not do my duty by any of it. You know, right. not gonna follow through helping the kids with this and doing that and making. You know, like no, yeah. I I have duties that involve busyness and we're and so for me it is far more about changing my desires to to try to match what God has called me to because what doesn't bless anybody in my family is for me to sit around fantasizing about a quiet serene lifestyle but I think because you have to have a bigger vision too of like what are we put on this earth for we are supposed it's to not be leisure. No, and we're supposed to be actually making a difference in the world. And you don't want to waste your whole life. Right. And so to to be a quiet little pod that is never disrupted and that nobody ever notices because you're a quiet little pod and you've made yeah, no I, difference and in the I, world. And I I've said this on the podcast before but it's applicable now. I think all the time like when you're born it's like a rock was thrown. Your life is now thrown. You are hurling through the air towards a pond, right? <laughs> and I think all the time and even pray like, Lord, as my life is flying past me, like make me bigger and heavier and splashier. Like, because yeah. when I go through to the other side, I want to have left as big of a mark for the gospel, for the kingdom as I possibly could have. Yeah. And because that is what I really desire, it obviously does shape your decisions about what you value. Yeah. Because I couldn't make it then my year's goal to have a little hidey hole wherein I don't do stuff. Right. Like, why would I do that? Back to the, to the introvert thing though, as well. I think that, um, instructions for introverts, I'm not denying that there are introverts and I don't think that they should be extroverts. Like I, God made people different. And I think that that's all just part of his creation. He has lots of diversity in the kinds of humans that he makes and that is the beauty of the body of Christ is everybody's different. But I do think that nobody is excused from working and nobody is excused from contributing to the function of the body. And it doesn't matter if you're not the mouth, you know, right. like that's okay, but you aren't allowed to cut yourself off and be huffy at the rest of the body. And mm -hmm. that tends to be what, um, you know, I, well, actually I haven't seen as much of it lately. It feels like a couple years ago, there was this constant barrage of instructions for how everyone ought to treat introverts. Yeah. It was, and, but it was also like, I remember getting messages from people like mothering is just easier for you because yeah. you're not an introvert. So right. for me, it's actually, yeah, but I'm actually personally, but here's what tried. I think is really, really funny about that is when you have, uh, introverts posting these things, here's how everyone ought to treat me so as to not I'm just check if this is a reason that they need me. Oh, keep okay. talking. Keep no, talking. I'm not going to keep talking. She's gotten out of the car again, guys. We're just going to pause it. We're going to pause. Running She's back. back. She's back. Just hoping that no, it wasn't Nothing like befell we've been injured and no, we're running back to get I home. just, I just have a, um, a, a metaphor here. When introverts were posting the lists of here's how everyone should treat me oh, no. in, in public, 
imagine imagine a different a different one <laughs> swap out you have I think you have a visitor here um hold on you guys can go turn on the electric kettle so you guys can have hot chocolate fill it up with water I think I'm going to get a succession of visitors. I think you probably are. Yeah, what, bud? Okay, I told him to go turn on the electric kettle so you guys can have hot chocolate. Um, anyway, imagine if it was a man <laughs> who, who was posting, Everyone, I am prone to lust. Here is how you have to dress if you are yeah. around me. Alert. Alert everyone. When you greet me, <laughs> I would like you to do it in this way so that I am not I would I like you to wear to lust after you. Puffy parkas and snow pants. If you yeah. could wear that whenever remember, you're around me. I remember me. seeing a graphic about an introvert that was like and and it's the most testy lame <laughs> thing you've ever seen in your life. It was like a um cartoon. And there was some kind of a like First, you have to. I don't want to be alone. I just don't want to be pressured to interact with yeah. you. Yeah. And it yeah. was like, so I want you to uh, yeah. sort of like assess the situation uh -huh. where I am uh -huh. before greeting me. So that's kind before, of like yeah. before you check if you should say, "Hey, how are you doing?" I like. I would like you to assess my needs, uh -huh. and then and the idea there being it is such a well. Really, it's just victim culture. It's like if we all think of ourselves as being the most yeah. important unit of humanity, well, then this is the kind of thing that I will just happen. like the idea of a man posting like women. Yeah, I I want to be around women, but I don't want you to stumble me. So yeah. I'm gonna need you. I'm to... less inclined to this. Yeah, yeah. Or, so... But it's actually different because because it's because it's never about how to deal with an introvert so that they don't indulge themselves. It's how to help them indulge, indulge themselves. themselves. So it'd be worse. It would be I yeah. struggle <laughs> with lust and so therefore I would like you all to wear yeah. lower cut items. Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, you're not right. not you're hide right. me from my sin but rather help me in it. <laughs> yeah. But see, what I'm trying to say is it's not necessarily <laughs> a sin to be an introvert. God can yeah. you know God made you that fine. But I do think that I like this that whole, I like that episode. God made you fine. <laughs> God made you fine. It's all right. But I do think that the um obsession with now I get to indulge myself crazy amounts and everyone else has to accommodate themselves to Well me. and that's especially vicious in a mother. Yeah. Because because that's not your job is not to no. flourish and your all own of self us, up. You know, like, you don't want to say being an in introvert is a sin, but it's definitely going to come with a whole lot of temptations yeah, as does to being sin, an extrovert. As does being a human. It and turns so, out that's the real sucker punch right there exactly. is that we're all set up for perpetual and temptation. of course, we should all be considering others to be more important than themselves. So if you're spouse or your sister or somebody is an introvert. Yes, treat them kindly and and you should be looking out for their interests. But if you are an introvert, you should be looking out for the in you know the interests of your extrovert husband or sister or whatever. Like mm -hmm. if everyone was setting aside their own interests and looking out for the interests of others, then we would have a lot more harmony in the world. And it's very true. But and I think that the, I think one of the things is that idea that we all have somehow that if the world was sinless, that it wouldn't have been work. That, oh. like, that, 
or that even that getting things to go like like that the goal should be to get to a place where you're not having to expend yourself where you're coasting but but the the reality is that the goal like the message in the question when she brought up the oil in like being poured out continually it's like that's the thing is that we're not trying to be a vessel full of oil and we're not trying what we're trying to be is the vessel through which God pours his own grace through us onto those around us also uh and that and that that's going to not feel like a relaxing life but to see the beauty in that and and I want to go back to this my vision for that has not changed from when I had a bunch of little kids and I said no to pretty much everything and I stayed home all the time. Like at that time it was all of the pouring out that I could possibly pour out. Yeah. Was happening at home in a, and you were not saying no to everything because you were having a nice luxurious time with your feet. No, I was saying no to everything because we were breathlessly and panickingly trying to get a grip. Yeah. Right. And so, but it wasn't, my point is that, Many people equate, like, um, they equate it with, like, your, I would say in that time, it's not, it's not all of your social engagements or how many activities where you're doing or how, but it is about, are you fruitfully laying out your life? And, how, and I was. And I, I think, too, there are definitely ways of figuring out how to maximize yourself. And sometimes that means, you know what, I really have to make sure that I get whatever this rest I I can't max out I can't you know like if I'm down with a migraine for a week that doesn't do anybody any good so I'm gonna have to try to be strategic and figure out how I can do it but we know if we're honest with ourselves we know the difference between um being strategic in our rest in order that we can run farther and faster Mm -hmm. and being strategic with our rest so that we can get out of more work okay and an example of this would be going into a hole of the internet where you just look at other people's photos is often done as a kind of like i just need a break you know what i mean like i just need a second but it is not refreshing like which part do you No, mean? I'm talking about like going mentally vacant in oh, some way yeah, sure. or like I just need a break so I'm going to watch a show in the middle of the day. You don't come out of that in a like can't wait to bless my family. Right, right. I am so encouraged. Yeah. And when my kids were really little and I was at home all the time and I was very at home, focused totally on the home. That was a time when there was a lot the, the ways that I found to um vent my own like to I would say in a way to encourage myself I looked for the ways that I could do that that would also be blessing my family and at that time I feel like I used that time to really lay a foundation like one of the big ways lay a big foundation in family traditions and joys Mm -hmm. so like I am not now making advent calendars and worrying about that, but it was a real part of my life at that time that I made, I knit 24 mittens to make the advent calendar Mm -hmm. that we put up every year now. And I did Mm -hmm. like, like things like I would go on the journey to figure out what are our favorite Christmas foods? What are the things that I want to do every year? So a lot of those traditions we tried 
in those years and we didn't stick with them. Like some of them sure. we did one time and then never again or we did yeah. whatever. But it was the time where I tried a lot of things and we found the things that mattered to us. And I knit a lot then, but I only knit. I remember I remember moving it into being like I knit for my children for like I knit Christmas stockings. Right. I knit and and those were just things. It's like you laid a foundation for a home that you were building with little people and little traditions and little ideas and they have grown up now to be big enough to invite other people over. Yeah. But at that time it was all just a foundation. But, you know, I was just reading about that um was it a Kenyan guy who just broke uh, yeah. the broke the two hour just marathon? Disgustingly it's ridiculous. Fast. But you're also reading about how he didn't did it. And he didn't just hop out of bed one day oh, yeah. and run a Turns less out, than two hour marathon. Turns out he's been doing and, this for a very long and time. That like his race was absolutely thought through to the last detail and maximized so that he could do it. It was like he had they picked Vienna because it was the right altitude, you know, and yeah. it wasn't too hilly and it was only an hour away in time zone from where he'd been training and then he had pace cars at the exact right, you know, speed mm-hmm. and he had a little fleet of runners around him in a sort of aerodynamic pod to keep him and then they had guys zooming out to give him mm-hmm. gel liquid supplements and things like he was all of those little things he was doing was so that he could run a little bit faster and so it's not like he needed to like no I can't drink anything I'm running no I can't have any help I'm running but everything that he was doing was in order that he could run faster and I kind of think that if you're saying no to things, if you're backing out of things, if you're trying to pare down on things, if you're trying to be strategic on things, but it's so that you can maximize your effectiveness, that's fantastic. And if you're doing it in order that you could stay home in bed and not run at all. I actually want to bring this up is that, that calling it running is not our metaphor. That's a biblically inspired exactly. one. And, and the whole let us run with endurance, the race that is set before us, is yep. that why do we need endurance? Because it's not a little Charlotte Mason tea party all the time, right? right? right. You don't need endurance to live a life of incredible leisure. You need right. endurance to do the hard things and to push through things. And I and that in fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. But one of my favorite things about this I can get weird about this, so I'm, I'll try to not do that. Okay. Is that Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. you know, that goes through all of these people. But then he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. And you think, you know, when you read, I was just telling you yesterday about my fun times with, um, you know, reading evidence, not seeing how much yeah. I love her. Yeah. You think, yeah, so here's a glorious saint that's gone on before. What about Sarah? You know, like, what about Rebecca and Rachel and all of these people, Tamar, these women of bizarre and incredible faith in other times, he's actually saying, these are your pace setters. Yep. He's actually saying, you know, you're talking about that marathon guy. He's saying, look at this hall of fame of faith. And recognize that these are the people who are cheering you on and running alongside of you and want to see you glorify God using your life for his glory, running faithfully. And I think that I love that because you think it's not like you want to say, if you read a biography of an incredible woman like Katie Luther or, um, you know, these, these 
women that did remarkable things for the mm-hmm. kingdom. Corey mm-hmm. Ten Boom and all these remarkable people. We tend to think like we're a different species than they are. Yeah. But they're actually the people who delight to see you working hard for the kingdom and who are... That's what he explains to us. This yeah. is our cloud of witnesses. And you think, yeah, do you... Are these the people you want to have cast an eye over your day's schedule? Do you know what I mean? You'd be like, because because that's the part that really reveals your heart, I think. Because you would think like, if oh my word. <laughs> uh, well, that was a rich sight. Uh, yes. No, I don't have popsicles, but hot chocolate. Uh He's in I shorts. Said cocoa is fine. Shorts, guys, and a dinosaur hat. It's a shark. A shark hat. A cord? Okay, thank you. Here, wait. I gotta take your picture for the podcast. Hold on. Back up a little bit and hold still. These ladies are gonna wanna know what just came out. All right, <laughs> love ya. But so, what I was gonna say is though that, and this is what I think is reveals your heart is you think, would you like to sit down with Katie Luther and, and, um, trying to think Corey Ten Boom this Darlene Diebler Rose who else who else could we get together you know would you like to sit down with them over coffee and be like I need ideas for how I can do more like tell me how can what can I do do you see me being really productive what looks like it could be improved uh in <laughs> he's, he's got no chance opening that door in the wind. In the wind to come oh. get it. Okay, so anyways, my my point is, would you want their input to to maximize your own running, or would you be like, stop it, stop it, stop it? I don't want to be a runner. Yeah, you know, like don't put me in this world of women of faith. <clears throat> like don't put me in this place where I might be. I need to lay you my know, life out. And for I the think kingdom. maybe sometimes there are people who are more naturally like you know Bilbo was at the Tookish side that sort of yeah flared up just a tidge and got him out there on that adventure and then he wished it hadn't but yeah. it was too late. Dang and, it, I'm off now. I, mean, I feel like some ladies need to try to find the Tookish side. Just it's the watership down. You need to ask the Lord. You need bit. to ask the Lord to flush you out of your rabbit holes <laughs> and into some kingdom work. You know, like because the reality is, yeah, that you maybe are at home because you're doing the hardest race you could be doing, exactly. and you're busy yep. at home, and maybe you're hiding at yes. home from doing or the race. It's also possible to be hiding from real work in the midst of a crazy amount of busyness. Oh yeah, yeah, That's because just because as you can be keeping your schedule so crammed that you're never doing the things that aren't just kind of what you felt like doing right or now, just you know? mediocre and not important. And so I I do think that it's just strategy is always going to play into it. It's just, what are you strategizing? And a, and a long view because it is your whole life. So for instance, when I said that we were laying the foundations of a future family that would be established, well, now we're just starting to be the established family yeah. that has done and the some thing things. Is, like if, if you're, if you think about this race and you know that you always trip and you always fall down when you, you know, encounter whatever, well, figure out a way around it. Figure out how to how to get yourself through it without splatting. And and if you're if the I goal found... is to is to get through it, not to just sit down and quit, then I think that yeah, have a bubble bath. Whatever. One thing that I have found is that there's a real world of help in just 
acknowledging that this is going to be your life. Because sometimes it's little elements of discontent that have snuck in with, like, I don't choose this kind of. And when you just say, okay, so my life, if in my circumstances, in this place, for me to be really faithful will look like, so there was that whole period of my life, being content with being at home, pouring into little people, not worrying about it, like, that that was faithfulness for a while. Well, now that wouldn't be faithfulness for me to just be uh, not opening our home, not yeah. being, you know, like, now I'm called to something else. But in every phase, we have to actually be content with what we were called to do. Yep. And it's the same thing with being on a run. We keep talking about it. Sometimes you're going up hills. Sometimes you're in yep. a flat section where it's relatively easy. Sometimes, you know, like things... Sometimes you have a side ache, even though the terrain is not bad. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, I don't know why I feel like this, but I sure do feel I like know. this. And I'm just saying that the one thing that we know is a given is that we're all called to run. Yeah, this is true. And look what time it is. We've got to shut just up. Count down. Nine. <laughs> Eight will be at an hour even. And exactly. our, tip, our tip today. Do you have a tip? I had uh, I had one. I had a tip. Okay, give it when to making us. biscuits for a large group, which you know you're not supposed to multiply because you mess up you mess up biscuits recipes. I've been experimenting with this. If you make multiple batches of the cutting the fat into the thing, and I put it in my huge big stainless steel bowl, so I put like five batches of biscuits. I multiply biscuits, and it's fine. Whoosh. Anyway, go ahead. So I put them all in there and then I, I do incorporate the liquid. So like you, knowing that you've cut the fat in evenly and that, and that baking powder and stuff is spread evenly, then you can add the buttermilk or assuming you make buttermilk biscuits, because why would you not be making a buttermilk biscuit? And when you incorporate the liquid, then I lay it out on some pieces of my parchment which parchment I buy at the restaurant supply store. Yeah, we've spoken of this before, but it is a hot tip for life. And then you lift up one side of it and fold it like a book. You know, you get that, you fold it up and pat it out and fold it up. And then you, and then cut it with a bench knife just into square biscuits because then you are not making seven tons of in-between pieces. Yeah. And bake them that way. That's good. I have to say about the restaurant supply parchment, technically called like silicone pan liners or something but Blair my uh, fourth grader said the other day apropos of nothing that I could see at the time she said I hate Reynolds and I said what who is Reynolds and she said his parchment paper is the worst. <laughs> She's like, I just like the brown stuff because we'd run out of the box of yeah. of natural pan liners. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do any of us. Look at I recorded it. I asked my watch a question about fourth grader Sid the other day. Apropos, <laughs> I said the whole thing, and then my watch said back. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> you guys, that's, I ain't got to be a wrap. I, uh, <laughs> I don't think we'll leave that in a Reynolds wrap for you, for you all. <laughs> Reynolds, we hate mm-hmm, him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do it for us. He does not. All right, until next Everyone, time. Everyone, have fun. Bye. Bye. Bye.